The Sci-Fi Film Podcast is a Thrave Productions podcast. The Sci-Fi Film Podcast. to the Sci-Fi Film Podcast. This is the <laughs> voice of the Daleks. Don't make me laugh. Don't make me laugh because I will choke. Sound like you're trying um, to, you sound like you're trying to be, uh, impersonate the uh, Mr. Ron from Captain Scarlet. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, so hello and welcome to the Sci-Fi Film Podcast. I am Andy Walker. Uh, I have a large uh, log in my throat. I was going to say frog, but it's worse than that. Um <laughs> It's worse than that. He's dead, Jim. Uh, I am. I am here. Mm-hmm. I I am here. Finally, eventually. Your brain doesn't sound like it is. No. <clears throat> not altogether on. Not altogether high on the wellness chart. But I am here. Um. Uh, and I'm welcome and joined. No, I am welcome and joined. No. <laughs> joined this week by. Uh, putting a large nail through me and banging me to go on a piece of wood. Uh, no, I'm joined by my son Scott and the delightful Amy. Hello, Scott and Amy. Hello. How are you all? Wait, wait. I'm just the son Scott and you're delightful. <laughs> That's nice, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> we have to put up with you every week. Favouritism. <laughs> it's not favouritism. Well, it is favouritism. <laughs> See. I did like the way that you both said hello in harmony, though. That yeah, was, yeah, that was quite <laughs> impressive. That's what happens when we're with each other. We start you, talking, so. I have to get you as backing vocalists or something. Yeah. So. <laughs> so uh, just the joys of us having done. So the one time we do harmonise, my voice is quite deep, name is as high as it's the one time when we say hello, hello at the same time, we sound all right. <laughs> how, how, how are you? Yeah, all good. Yeah, better than you by the bands a bit. Oh, trying to change for once. I, I have, I have, 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 had, had. We, we have had a bug thing bouncing around the house. Um, <laughs> it's not a nice thing to call, call me. No, no. I, I knew things were bad because of the fact that he, he didn't sleep one night and got up in the morning and was feeling sick and then just went back to bed. And stayed there for an entire day, and I thought that's very unusual for him. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but it's, it's been making its way round, round of us in in some ways all all the way through. Uh, and I've got it now, and it doesn't seem to want to go. I've had it for two weeks, doesn't seem to want to go away. Pete's still got a cough and still not feeling hundred percent. Nick's still feeling a bit. She doesn't seem to have got it quite as bad as us, but then she's had it in waves. It's kind of come and gone. Uh, it's difficult to tell sometimes how bad it is. Um, still, 
you know, I've almost lost my hearing. My breathing has gone back to how it was when I came out of hospital after having COVID. So on the whole, you know, it's only put me back two years, which is quite good. <laughs> I would say as well, with the beard and everything, you're looking remarkably more like the other members of the of our family, the sort of the bit, the shaggy beard and everything going all over the place. It's very Christmassy, I would say as well. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> you're gonna be, you're gonna, if, is it, if you're real, you're going to be ready to work next week. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be ready as I am gonna be to get up and go out on, on the 25th or the 29th, the 24th, and deliver all the presents. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. For the one time we go, Santa Claus is coming around this year because he coughed everywhere. Yeah, but he got a That's your present. Yeah. <laughs> Illness. If you if you would like to leave something out for Santa tonight, make it a uh, make it a scented candle and a and a big tub of Vic. <laughs> shot of shot of cold and float. <laughs> yeah. So Bendelin cough medicine and, and night nurse, that would do. And instead of carrots for road off a couple of uh, is it cold and flu tablets? Yeah. Cold and flu capsules. <laughs> right. So let's should we try and should we try and do some kind of show as we've missed one and we and apologies to uh people out there because I, I made it I made this stupid decision which was the fact that I contacted the two people who made the short films that we're uh, we're um reviewing this ish, this episode and told them we would be doing a review of their films and then got ill so we couldn't put the review out. So <laughs> you know <coughs> well <coughs> you'll be at least they can listen to it now, I suppose. Well yeah. They're still interested. <laughs> They're still interested, yeah, if they can be bothered. Um, right, anyway, so here we go again. <clears throat> um, we are doing two short films and a long one. I don't know why I say that all the time, because it's pretty much what we do. They're uh, going to start off with a short, uh, short, what is it, short horror film thing uh, from 2021 called Make a Noise. Uh, this was made by um, John Kent. He was the director, writer, editor, and did the music. Um, the cast is Samantha Shaw, and it was made during lockdown, as far as I can tell. And there isn't actually a synopsis for this as such. So, what did you think? I'll let you go first. I'm the one that first of the time, so I'll let you do it this time. Um, I liked it. It was very, with the concept, it's very relatable. I always have a thing about, like, when you're home alone and you can see down the stairs and it's pitch black, I have a thing about that. And this movie, I'm not going to lie, freaked me out. Because, <laughs> like, it's just the concept, like, the scene where she's looking down the stairs, I was like, nope, can't look at this, nope. <laughs> freaked you out is a bit of an understatement. I was sitting hiding. There, yeah, sitting there under a blanket again, I've got bad feelings about this, I've got bad feelings about this. But it was so... <laughs> cleverly done with some of like the camera angles and certain perspectives that like, you could see was really really well done yeah yeah it was just freaky for me but that's just my perspective yeah. it was the same sitting there sitting next to it i sit hiding behind a blanket can i've got bad feelings something's gonna happen got bad feelings and i'm like oh yeah it's a horror film of course there is but no I, i've got me i don't agree with only there's some of the camera angles they had some of the effects they had on it as well like the sort of see i don't know whether or not it was meant to be what done or what but the sort of 
the sort of dust particles that you could see in one of the shots. I thought, yeah, if it is, if it is meant to be done, then it's very well done. But yeah. the shot looking into her eye, I thought, yeah. amazing. Yeah, I mean, some of the camera work was really, really good. The thing I like about this film, and about we, we've seen it a few times, is the fact that it's this isn't the sort of uh, story or a film idea that we haven't seen before. Yeah, it's been done a lot of times and that sort of thing. But the world, way they build up the tension and the camera angles and the music and the sound and everything, make it work so well. It, it really, really works well, and I really like it. I thought it was a really good. This as, version of this sort of thing as we, as we sort of said before though it's another film that's very good with pretty much no speech in it at all yeah there's like the little bit obviously from when she's listening to the TV and the voice of the um, emergency services that she hears that's it and I think it's so well done I think the effects are really good as well you know I mean that the, the, the hand coming across, over the banister is done really well and the, and the yeah the, just the, the sound effects and the effects of the, the, the you know the actual physical effects were done really really well, and I, I'm, I'm amazed. I've been amazed at some of the uh, films that have been made during lockdown with just one or two by just one or yeah. two people, and yeah. how well they've been made, how good they are. Mm. Uh, it just goes to show you don't need necessarily to have lots of money and lots of effects and everything to to put together a good little uh, you know a good little film with a good storyline. Yeah. It was really simple but effective. I think it was like the perfect amount of time for the film because yeah. it just it grabbed you enough where it didn't drag it out too much and made it boring or predictable. With like yeah. the length of it was perfectly done because it drew you in and then it was over and you're like, wow. It took you yeah. on like a whirlwind of like full suspense throughout the film. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think it, it worked really well at that length. It was a, I think if it had been a bit a bit longer, it would have been could have possibly have started getting a bit like what, what's I'm going to when something yeah. going to happen or what's you know. Yeah, so, so I, agree, I agree. I think the length because it, it's almost like I think if, if it had been any longer, it's almost like you'd have to try and find things to fill with it. And I yeah. think the suspense that they put into this, even though it's only what just under a five minute film, I think it's so well done in that five minutes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, so uh, the second film we're doing is a sci-fi film. It's a short film from 2022 uh, called Trace. Uh, this is on Can't Planet Films, uh, written and directed by Jared Taylor Smith. Uh, the cast is Robert Cumming and Joshua Gesbinche, I think it's pronounced. Uh, the synopsis says, A desperate mercenary is hunted down in an apocalyptic desert for a mysterious object. Um, yeah. So, <coughs> again, uh, I don't, it's, it's, uh, it's not an idea I haven't seen before. Yeah. Uh, but I really liked it. I think that the, um, the effects were really good and the cinematography worked really well. Um, some of the CGI looked a little bit odd because of the the uh, the perspective didn't quite look right. Yeah, the yeah. didn't quite look right. But I don't know. I like it. The odd thing about it is, it's one of the few films you've seen where I actually felt that it, it seemed like it was much longer than it actually was. Yeah, I've got me. It's sort of it. It's it's only uh, it's just under ten minutes, and again, I sat there and I was. Yeah, I actually. 
It's weird. I actually got more enjoyment and thought it felt like it went on for longer than some of the parts of the feature feature length that we watched. Yeah, yeah. I, some of that sort of seemed to go past really quickly. This one seemed to sort of, I don't mean to sound like horrible, but I drag it in a, in a good way for it. Yeah. It sort of made it feel like it was longer. Yeah. I think it's just so well done. And yeah, I, I agree with the effects in it. Some of them are amazing. I think some of the, like, sort of, the way that it's been placed into the into the shop maybe could have though been a bit the tweaking a little bit. Other yeah. than that, I feel it was a very well done film. Yeah, yeah, I quite I quite liked it. It's like it's another one where we've seen this sort of concept time and time again. It was good. It was enjoyable to watch. It's definitely one if you haven't seen it, just give it a watch and like decide for yourself. There was it like you've both said like some of the perspectives were a bit off and you could definitely tell where more of the budget was placed than in yeah. other regions like when you look closely at the weapon design you can see that money hasn't been a lot of money been put into it because you can see that they have made props because of the, yeah. all the paint marks and stuff but it was really cool like the costume designs were good the weapons did look really cool they were well done if they're all handmade then fair play to them they looked really well done it was definitely it was an interesting one it was just yeah. like a few dodgy just a few dodgy camera angles i think where <laughs> they could have made it a bit smoother with like the ships and stuff that's yeah. where i was a bit like oh hang on a minute it was really good till like that sort of point but it was still really well done yeah yeah no i agree i, I kind of like it it's um it takes a little while to get going, I felt. Yeah. Uh, it was one of the things. But it felt like almost it was either, we've said it before with some of these films, it feels almost like it's either a pre-titles um, uh, uh, sort of yeah. sequence of a film, or it could be the end of the first film of a series. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to know what's going to happen in the next film, you know what it's, I mean? It's yeah. like that sort of moment <laughs> when you're like, you're flicking through the TV and you see like, a certain part of the film but you've not seen anything else so you have yeah. no context it's sort of like you flick over and you're like oh hang on a minute and then you don't un really understand but there could be a lot more to this like if they do more with the story it could yeah, be really yeah. interesting because of like the whole thing with like, the box he's got and all that sort of stuff there's a lot there that yeah. i think might draw people into it because they're like well what's this what's this the thing so you've got to watch the thing you've got to watch with those sort of these films though is the fact if you try to make too much of the, of the story it can get lost and it can get yeah. kind of like no it doesn't really work but uh, i don't know yeah i know what you mean though i think if they they could quite easily turn this into yeah. a bigger a bigger film and i think it would work quite well if it was done the right way um Talking about films that feel like you've stepped into the middle of them partway through <laughs> and then you don't really know what the hell's going on, let's get on to our feature film. Yeah. It's, uh, for a change, isn't a 1980s film. It's, a it's not far off of it. 1997. It's nearly 10 years out of being 80s. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, yes, nearly I, as old as I am. Ah. Um, yeah. <laughs> only a couple of years older than I am. It's a 1997 film, uh, it's a Canadian independent film called Cube. Um, yeah. Now, the director, oh God, I'm trying to go through this without giving me a headache. Uh, director <laughs> is Vincenzo Nali. 
he did some short stuff and TV stuff in the 90s, 2010s and the 2020s. Now, he was also one of the writers as well. Uh, he didn't write anything else that we were interested in, but as a director, he did uh, Cypher in 2002, Splice in 20, uh, 2009, which is a really good film, I really like that. Fontaine in 2013, ABCs of Death 2 in 2014, and In the Tall Grass in 2019. Ooh. Okay. The other writers are uh, Andre Bijelic, who has done nothing of interest to us, and Graham Manson, who did some TV and short stuff in the 2010s. The cast is uh, Nicole DeBoer, who did uh, some TVs and shorts in the 90s, 2000s and 2010s. She was in Prom Night 4, Deliver Us From Evil in 1991. Uh, the Dead Zone 2002, which was a straight-to-video film. Feel the Alien in 2004. And Suck in 2009. Which I'm... Last two to have very questionable. <laughs> well, that, that Suck, I'm, begin I, I'm given to believe, is a film about vampires. Ah, obviously. Ah, yes. uh, then we have uh, Nikki Nikki Guadu. Uh, why do I do this? Guadagni, who did some TV and short stuff in the eighties, nineties, two thousand, twenty tens. Uh, was in Silent Hill in two thousand six and Ready or Not in two thousand nineteen. Uh, we have David Hewlett, who did some TV and short stuff in the eighties, nineties, two thousand, twenty tens, twenty twenties. Uh, was in Pin in 1988, Scanners 2, The New Order in 1991, Cypher 2002, Splice in 2009, Rise of the Planet of the Apes in 2011, Haunter 2013, and The Shape of Water in 2017. Uh, then we have Andrew Miller, who did some TV and short stuff in the 90s, and that was it. Uh, and Julian Richings, who did some TVs and shorts in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. He was in Mimic in 1997, Urban Legend 1998, Rats in 2000, Wrong Turn 2003, Regeneration 2004, X-Men The Last Stand 2006, Skinwalkers 2006, The Third Eye 2007, uh, Dead Silence in 2007, but he was uncredited. Mm. Uh, Saw 4 in 2007 Survival of the Dead 2009 The Conspiracy 2012 The Last Will and Testament of Rose Rosalind Lee in 2012 The Colony 2013 Man of Steel 2013 Septic Man in 2013 which sounds like it could be great fun <laughs> uh, what the hell does that say uh Edgelta? I can't even read my own writing. 2014. <laughs> Hellmouth in 2014. The Witch in 2015. A Christmas Horror Story 2015. All Hallows Eve 2 in 2015. Prisoner X 2016. Blood Hunters 2016. Todd and the Book of Pure Evil The End of the End 2017. True Fiction 2019. Anything for Jackson in 2020. Spare Parts in 2020, Hall 2020, and Vicious Fun in 2020. <coughs> then we have uh, Wayne Rob Rain Robson. Did some TV and shorts in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. 
It was in uh, Mama the Intruder in 1986, Parents in 1989, Wrong Turn 2003, Cold Creek Manor 2003, Wrong Turn 2 Dead End 2007, The Incredible Hulk in 2008, Survival of the Dead 2009. And then we have Morris Dean Wint, who did TV and short stuff in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and nothing else that we're interested in. The synopsis for this film is six complete strangers with widely varying personalities are in, involuntarily placed in an endless maze containing deadly traps. So, I mean, this is the first film of a series of films uh, and as I quite often have with these sort of things, I really don't know why they made any more than the first one because the first one is brilliant. I love this film. <laughs> I think I've, it's I, absolutely fantastic. I do agree with you about the fact that it does feel like you dropped in halfway through. Yep. But I think that's sort of what gives you that sort of weird feel to it the whole way through because you are yeah. pretty much exactly like they are. Yep. In the film, no idea what's going on, and I don't know. I've seen this film countless times. I just, I, I like it every single time. Yeah, and the thing about it is, there's so much about this that I forget. (laughs) Yeah, I I watch it and I forget things about it, and then I start thinking, oh yeah, oh no, wait a minute, (laughs) I'm going there. Yeah, (laughs) I used to think I was because I've watched, I've watched this and uh, Cube Two. And I was sitting there watching bits, and I'm like, I, I actually had to sit there at one point and did they change the look of the cube without me realizing? And then realized that I was then thinking of the second film. But I again, I really like this. I just think it's just such a great film. And I don't know, it was, it was, it was one that Amy was a bit dubious about watching because the resident, not horror fan, yeah, resident, yeah, resident, <laughs> non horror fan. And I, I went, let's my, watch the queue. This was my first time watching it. I have heard of this film, but because I've seen people play the video game of it, and I've always, like, I love the game. The game is awesome. And I've watched yeah. the film now. I like the film. I'm not hating on the film. It was unique. <laughs> like, like, don't get me wrong. I love the concept. The concept of watching these people, you're watching their mentality and humanness like fall to pieces in front of you because yeah. they're deprived of your basic human needs of food, water, daylight. And it's interesting to see what the people will do to survive and to make sure they make it through and not care about anyone else. And that, is, to me, is fascinating. Watching it all the way through and you're like, wow really you stick to that that level to push yeah. yourself out but not to save the people around you it is really it's a really really good concept it is, it, is it was a fun watch for the first time watching it it was quite fun to watch i was really confused at the beginning because you dropped in and i'm like where's the, the beginning of the film it's just yeah. kind of like you dropped in and you're off and i'm like all right okay <laughs> it's, yeah. it's different but i like it i did i did actually approve of this one i really liked it <laughs> I must admit, this is another one like um, that I had, uh, like like with Triangle, which is where I I used to go out a lot at night, and I come home early hours of the morning, and suddenly catch it. I took the TV on, and it would have just be starting. And I must admit, the first time I ever saw this, I thought I must have missed the beginning. Yeah, I've got even even the fact I understand the link you sent us 
that's because obviously we'll be doing with all these people watching the new game. The link you sent me, I come towards I, I forgot the way they started. So when we started off, I was like, it's a bastard cut them. Like, they've nicked the first bit. Yeah. And I'm sitting there for ages and I'm just like, and it's only when I sort of met, like, I, I paused it and went back and I'm like, oh no, it doesn't, doesn't. You're meant to start like, I'm sitting there, they've cut off the main bit. Yeah. They've cut off the beginning. And I was like, oh no, no, that's how it's meant to start. Yeah. It's quite cleverly done. For a 90s film, normally when you say that sort of genre, you're like, hmm. But it's, <laughs> it's cleverly done because it draws you in because it drops you in so quickly. You're used to having a beginning of a film where it builds it up and all that. But this, you're cool. in and gone. <laughs> it, 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 there was a thing around this sort of time, the end of the 90s, uh, where there was this thing, there was this, there was Saw, and there were a few other films that kind of just dropped you in the middle of the action. Yes. And you had yeah. to kind of work out what was going on. And I really like that because yeah. that interests me. Yeah. Uh, rather than it having it all explained. So you, you kind of, you know. Um, but I think the problem I have with it is the fact that they then went on to make other films where they tried to explain what was going on in the first film. And I yeah. didn't want it explained because I was quite happy with not knowing. Yeah, it's just the thing. It's like the first one that you went, they explained a little bit. Not like not not like massively, but enough for them to sort of for you to, to for it to grip and you like some what's going on, like proper focus and go. Yeah, so yeah. what's going on? What's going to happen? But yeah, I agree with you. Like I, I like the second one. The third one, I think, is absolutely pointless, and they have no idea why they made it. But the, like the second one is a little bit better, but or li- yeah. is is good. But I don't again. It didn't need to be made, but I, I, I so like. I, I love this one because of the fact it's just it's one of their moments. Like you said, it's it's a very weird concept to sit there and have you can have someone explain to you constantly over and over again about what the human body and what the human mind goes through when they're deprived of water and food yeah. and being told there's no escape and the only thing you can do is either say where you are, fight for survival, or die. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what your mentality goes through, especially without daylight, because it's everyone's so used to sort. Knowing the passing of time through seeing the light change or being able to tell time and having a room where you can't tell that, and your whole body then you you start hallucinating and start feeling weird. And I think it's so well done in putting this to this film. Yeah, absolutely. Also, as well, for for nineties film, and we've watched nineties films on this where the effects on this on the effects on them are so awful. But for this, I thought it was so well done, especially the first ever death that's in it. It's like yeah. the, it's sort of straight away before the credits come up, and you're like, he's, I sat there, for, he's sort of sitting there for it, and he just stops and then like falls apart. And I'm like, that is so well done, and it still um, stands the test of time. The effects, yeah, the effects where they, the, the bodies are sliced up and things like that yeah. are incredible. The thing about it is, from what I can work out uh, from things I've read about this, the first film was made on such a low budget that basically all they had was that they had one room mm. that was done up like the cube and they just changed the light in it. Yeah. And, and like well, the rest the... of it was all kind of like lighting effects and all this kind of stuff. Well, it's the thing as well, if you think of a lot of films, especially nowadays where they do films where you're in a confined area, it's either CGI or they only show you sort of three walls of it or like all the yeah, yeah. Or, say like sit the six walls or whatever but they don't ever show you sort of all of them but this one they do it sort of spins around the camera spins yeah. around the person as you're looking around and it yeah. shows you the fact and you can sort of see it on the camera work 
like because it's a bit shaky and all that. It's just one person going round, so you get that feel them. They're in a confined yeah. box. I, like I think it's like, just so I, well done. I also like the way that it's there is this thing about all of a sudden it's like this this sudden thing of of people kind of have to have somebody to blame and they have to have this conspiracy theories and it's kind of yeah. like you obviously know more than you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Why? Why do you think that? You know, well, it's just, it's the thing is that the, the, the guy only comes out and says that he works on a small, small percent. Like you think about, yeah, yeah. You see the 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 outside of the shell later on. He works on like probably like a one percent part of it. Yeah, but yeah. As soon as that was mentioned, that was it. They were going, "You must know something. You've got to know something. You've got to." And even the woman, uh, the, the doctor, when it turned around and says. But you don't. It's the same way it is with everything. Like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing because they want to keep it that way. Yeah. It's like I mean, you know, you look, you look at a spaceship. If you look at a sp- just an ordinary rocket that yeah you know, they they send up to the moon, you get somebody on works works on that who works on the air filtration unit hasn't got a clue about how the actual propulsion unit works or how everything else is done on the ship. Because that's the thing is, they've done. It's the thing is that I, I've actually watched programs where. There's people, they've got multiple teams because of the fact that, oh, like, like you said, for the spaceship, they've got multiple teams for working on just a control console because there'll be one person who knows what five buttons do and one person knows what six buttons, these six buttons do, and one person knows what happens if you push that one and that one and not that one and that one. Yeah. And, and it's the thing, it's just this way that, the way that that's put across in this film as well is the fact that, like, there are so many people that, yeah, they're in communication with each other, but none of them have any clue what anything was for. Yeah, yeah. Or what yeah. it was about, or what it was to make, or what was going to happen to it. I, I like this film because of the fact that it doesn't do that. It doesn't do that comfy thing of there being a nice sort of happy ending. Yeah. Also, it, even with, even the way that it ends, there's no. It doesn't show the fact that he is actually the end. No. We see, him, we see the guy getting out into the light. There's no. Showing of him going, oh, he's outside now. He's just him yeah. into the light, and even the but light's too bright. Yeah, exactly. yeah. 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 And, I mean, even to a certain extent, there's no, there's nothing that necessarily leaves it completely open for there to be a sequel. Yeah. And the thing is, as well, is that for me, now I, I get the fact that is a film, but you think about the people if they want to do a test on it, it's the people they put inside. And obviously, you see the ones that. Are, they put the yeah. cop in, they put the mathematician in, they put the doctor in, they put the escape artist, the guy that had something to do with it. Yeah. But the guy that got out, obviously, he had a learning difficulty. And he then, I, for me, I sat there and was like, is that acted or is that a person? Like, he has actually got that yeah. and that's what uh, they wanted to someone say. They put him in there because he's got that and see how they react. Or was he placed there to see how the others did? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. and it's that's that sort of feeling you get. It was was he there because of the fact that he suddenly piped up and was able to do something when they needed that? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. was able to explain. It's like, well, hang on a minute, if that was right, if and so for me, I sat there and was like, if he got that sort of learning difficulty when she was reading out the numbers, he was there first. Yeah. First, he should have been able to go. That's what it is. And the, the thing about it is the fact that as well is that you look at the fact that all of these people were placed. In different parts of the maze, yeah, and they all kind of came together. And you just question: Firstly, were they the only people in the maze? Yeah, were there dozens of people? Were there people in every room? Were there? Do you know what I mean? Well, it's the thing is that they she works it. They work it out to how many rooms are in there. 
Yeah. It's saying it's like, what is it? I think it was like 1,700. No, I think it was worked out about 17,000. Yeah, 17,000 blocks. And yeah. it's the same point. It's like, they, that's a big blockage for yeah. six people. Yeah. And one of them dies at the beginning anyway. <laughs> So yeah, it's just seven people in total with the one person that died. Were there other people in in the rooms or what was going on? You know, that's that's why this film, like coming from like obviously first time watcher of this, it's so clever. Like to be in when I was a bit like, oh, this could be a bit that. But then the more you watch it, the more that it gets deeper in levels of like you start questioning everything. You yeah. like you see the breakdown of the human mind essentially, and then you're thinking like there's so many rooms. There's got to be other people. They can't have just gone. Them six will do. They, then and let them do it. There's got to be more people in there. And like, I mean, did they have some levels with like food in? Because in the game, from the game's point of view, you go through like the rooms, but then they've got safe rooms where they can have food in it. So then you think, oh, are there rooms where you can go eat? Have they missed it? And there's, there's so many like levels to this film. It's quite fascinating, really. Yeah. The other the other thing for me is the fact that it's like if the movement of these rooms is well, it's not random, but if the movement of these rooms is set, do you have to work out which rooms you put people in in order to, for them to come together, mm. or? Do you just randomly put people in rooms in the hope that they might come together, in which case they might all die before they even meet up? Yeah. But that's the first thing is the fact that for it to be like 17,000 rooms, these six people happened upon each other in these rooms. Like they were either put very close together or that wasn't actually meant to happen. Or it was, but there was loads of others in it as well. And it's just like, it's. It's the one thing that I'm saying, to sit there afterwards. What I like about it, you know, is the fact that the shots you get of it, mm. you realise from the outside how big he is and how, like, like you said, how lucky they were to find each other, really. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it, the other thing, I mean, the thing that gets me is, as I say, this one, uh, I like this, that <clears throat> Saw was the same sort of thing, the first Saw film. But do you remember the one we, we watched uh, last year, I think it was, called Circle? Yes, was just alien spaceship, and they had this group of people there, and they had to decide who was going to die next. Yeah, and and you didn't know what was going on or anything, and it reminded me very much of that. Is that kind yeah. of, like, you know? Well, it's just, it's also one of what I liked about this as well is the fact that it's that it leaves it leaves your mind open to so many possibilities as well for the traps they had in it. Because mm. you look at the ones they had, they had obviously the great the ways that cut people up. You've got the one that the got caught the cop, which basically caught him in a in like a fishing net, basically. You've got then got the, the one that the caught the killer, uh, not the killer, sorry, caught the escape eyes, which was a very strong acid. Yeah, yeah. But the the trap with that was activated from sound, I thought was very very well done. So it makes you wonder sort of what the index of certain certain abilities they had for the traps were as well yeah yeah and i just i like that it's insane it just proves again how complex all of this was and say that it was all one person knew everything about it but the strange thing from for me i think was the fact that because i i was intrigued by the film and i really liked the film as it was that i didn't necessarily want to find out more about what was going on because i was quite happy with it just being this complete anomaly this really kind of strange Nobody knows what the hell was going on, sort of story. I think it, 
it ruins it finding out because the, the way the magic they have is that it leaves your brain wondering about all these questions and i don't want them answered yeah i'm like watching it for the first time I, like i've looked at it normally films give you why it happened and all this but with this one i'm like i don't want to know because yeah. it's so magical how they've made you feel and how they created this story i don't want to know who's in charge or whatever i'm quite happy with just going just thinking about it it's going to be one yeah. of them things that you lay not you lay in bed and you're like how why was, what when yeah. but just, you don't want to answer it that's one of the yeah. one of the questions that goes through my head is obviously like i still does and it has done from the day that i first watched it it's the fact that you sit there and you see and they say about how big this machine this, this block or cube that there is in if that just sprung up anywhere now obviously i know that in america there's a lot of open space and you can hide stuff like that and there is in certain countries i fully am aware of that <clears throat> but nine times out of ten someone stumbles across something yeah to have this big of a cube that would have to be then in a bigger building or underground or wherever yeah. that's what I'm t- you still would sit there and run it through your head it's like how has this not been found how does no one know? And it's, 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 it's not one of them questions that you, like, I, or for me, I don't want to answer this. It's one of them things you sit there, it's like the, the, the in-depthness that people will go through to make sure that their secrets are not found or yeah, whatever yeah. doesn't come out. And it's just one of them things, the fact you can have the biggest secret in the world, it doesn't mean it has to be shared out. Yeah, yeah. Because of the fact that, like, this, this thing's saying, it, it takes up a massive space, but no one knew about it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I like about this is the fact that it is so secretive that no, none of them know what's going on, and they're all as confused as each other. Even the guy that was had had something to do with it had no idea how big he was. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I really, I, I really love this film. I thought it's a great film, and it's uh, really worth watching. Really worth. Watching. I, I, I do want to see something like that. This. There is three films in this franchise. So they've got obviously Cube One, Cube Two, Horizon, and Cube Zero, which confused yeah. the life out of me. But there has been a last year there was a remake done of it. Why? Because Japan like doing stuff like that. There's a Japanese remake as See, well. I, I find that really odd because the Japanese normally make really good films that we then remake really badly. Yeah. Exactly what I thought, but yeah, they, they made a remake. So technically, there's three, three, three films in the franchise, but there's four Cube films. Yeah, I think from what I can work out, I think Cube Zero is actually a prequel. Yeah, it's which, meant to be the actual building of the original Cube or something. Yeah, like and that's that. just that's a boring. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, up so. Uh, there you go. So we got uh, two short films, Make a Noise, which we thought was a uh, pretty good film, worth a, worth a watch. Uh, Trace, which was good, but little, I, for me it was a little a little bit long in places, it took a bit yes. slow, but it was it was okay. And Cube, which I personally think is brilliant, um, and uh, I think we all enjoyed watching. I definitely recommend it if people are a bit wary like me about horror and all that malarkey. Watch this one because it's not scary it's more of a psychological thing yeah. so this is amy's stamp of watch it if you yeah. don't like horror don't do what we did actually which is watch the feature length film <laughs> thinking this is going to scare the absolute life out of her yeah. and then watch the short film afterwards which, which terrified yeah. <laughs> i think the thing about it is this is another one of those films for me cube 
which is kind of like this like crossover point between science fiction and horror. Yeah. You, yeah, because you don't know if it's aliens or if it's like government or whatever it is, why is it there and all that sort of thing. You can't tell which it is. Yeah. But um, I'd really like it and really think it's worth a watch. Yeah. Well, uh, there you go. Thank you very much for, for being on the show. Thank so, you for having us. Um, next time, we have a Christmas special. Because we have to skip no, no. But next no, time, we've got a well, Christmas special. We have... Okay. We have a 1970s horror movie called Black Christmas, uh, which has been remade in the last. Well, it's it's weird. It's remade, but the name the name of the film changed because it's now it's now technically called Black Xmas. Well, yeah. Uh, and we also have the Star Wars holiday special that we're going to be watching, <laughs> uh, which. I've never seen that. I've never seen Black Christmas, I must admit. But I've never seen the Star Wars Holiday Special. I've always wanted to because I don't understand um, <laughs> anything about it at all. How people from a on distant galaxy from distant galaxies that stuff that was supposed to have happened, I don't know, years from now or years before now or whatever, you would know anything about Christmas, Christ, and Christmas and. They don't. They follow. They don't follow the Christian religion on any of the <laughs> planets. No. On any of the films. That'd be so, weird though if you found out Ewoks were Christians. It just make a lot of sense. It just kind of doesn't. You know, it's all a bit like what. Um, <laughs> my favourite thing so far is I've seen actually seen a a, a a still from it in which they seem to be wearing Christmas jumpers, which I find quite incredible. <laughs> um. But there you go. So we will be doing those. Uh, and then we will uh, end the year with an end of year show. Yes. Which is going to be a roundup of our sort of like uh, top picks from the year and uh, other such delights. Films um, we didn't do what we did last year, which is just talk about other films we've watched throughout the year. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the, the films that we've reviewed, but we also can talk, talk about other films that we've seen uh, and other things we've watched on, on TV and things like that throughout the year. And maybe talk about a little bit about what we're going to do next season, because I always like to <coughs> change things up a little bit, if we can. If anyone has got any ideas as well that they're listening, I want to actually let us know. Of, I know things that they might want us to review or even films they might want to review. Yeah, fil films you want us to review, TV programmes you want us to review, people you'd like to see us interviewing or whatever. Or be uh... realistic. But I don't, I don't think we could really do like I don't know, someone's come back someone writing and said we want you to I would love if you could interview Elvis Presley. But that's obviously part. So. Yeah, no, that's... Stephen King, that'd be nice. Oh yes. Yeah, I was thinking Stephen King. Um Clive Barker, he'd be quite an interesting one. But anyway, uh, yes, as you say, keep it realistic and and, and within our um, remit, as it were. <laughs> and uh, we will talk about things next time. As I say, next time, Star Wars Holiday Special and Black Christmas. Uh, so I'm looking forward to watching those because I've never seen either of them before. And oh, I, get okay. the feeling, I get the feeling they're probably either both going to be really fun to watch or really appalling. One of the two. <laughs> well, I know the remake of Black Christmas is very dark, so but obviously that's what they do with a lot of remakes. They make it a lot worse than it actually was. I, I get the feeling that the nineteen seventies one isn't going to be quite as. Um... <laughs> no, I'm I'm sort of like, I'm a big Star Wars fan, but 
I'm very curious about watching the holiday special because you you know my feelings on Star Wars. Yes, I know your feelings on Star Wars. Unless said about that, the better. Uh, <laughs> it's, all, it's all rather confusing, really. Um, so, uh, thank you, Amy. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. Thank you, Scott. That's all right. Thank you for letting me join again. And uh, <coughs> we'll be back again soonish. As twere. Yes. Something, I have no idea what I'm talking about now. Yeah. I, would, I would like to say this is because of the illness, but you like this most weeks. It's very true. It is very true. Um, I was going to say something. I can't remember what it was. Now. It was something to do with horror stuff and things, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, next year, hopefully, we will be uh, again covering the um, Romford Horror Film Festival. Yeah, which will be good for laugh and stuff. And uh, just a quick reminder before we, we go and everything, that not to forget people out there that uh, the film The Hand That Feeds You, which I am the star of, uh, <laughs> is now available on YouTube on the uh, Deformed Lunchbox channel. Yes, go watch it. Yes. Immediately. <laughs> and I'd like to say thank you to Deformed Lunchbox for putting it up. Absolutely, yes. Just check, um, check the amount of views it's got, and that's ridiculous. Yeah, I quite, was quite pleased. And some of the comments on there are a little bit bizarre, but okay. <laughs> yeah, um, there you go. Right, yes, go and, go and have a look and see what yes. people yes. think. Go and have a look, leave messages for and all that kind of thing, and stuff and things. Yes, okay, thank you very much for everybody who has watched, listened, participated and stuff and things and things and stuff and we will be back again with uh, Christmas special and everything uh, at Christmas strangely enough we're going to do a Christmas we're going to throw it completely in the hammer and it works this time we're going to do a Christmas special on Valentine's Day well I was thinking if we recall that was a very Christmas weird special, day for me to pick out if we recall the Christmas special now then we could put it out at Easter it was a resurrection <laughs> And then we yeah, we'll do we'll do uh, the zombie Christ as Easter film. Oh, I've got to have a look and see if there is actually one now. Sorry, about uh, it. Uh, <laughs> there is a zombie Christmas movie. Yeah, well, there's lots of zombie Christmas movies. So there you go. Anyway, the only thing I will say is that the uh, the films this year for Christmas um, can't be any worse than Santa Claus versus the Martians. Oh no! <laughs> Nothing can be that bad. Oh, I don't know. Starship invasions. Hey, <laughs> all right, yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Well, thank you, very good people, very much, and things. I will see you all later, and again, until such time as we do other things on a more permanent, with the outwardly motioning, go ahead basis uh i would like to thank everything and go away bye bye, bye. <laughs>
Sci-Fi Film Podcast is a Thrave Productions podcast.